Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Christian Nerd of God cast, where East Coast meets West Coast in a triumphal summit of nerdiness and spiritual enjoyment. My name is Tony T, and for the next few minutes, we're going to be talking about all those things that get you excited and geek out and give glory to God, but I'm not going to be doing it by myself because... Coming to you from across the world in California is my best internet friend ever, Scott by God Higa. What's up, man? Hi, Tony. This is so great to have you captain this ship for a change. I'm very excited. It's it's exciting. I wasn't sure. Uh, my my footing might be a little unsteady here. You Man, are the veteran. You have so many reps hosting a podcast, and your podcast is so much more, you know, functional and it follows a plan. It's great. <laughs> the majority of my podcast responsibilities involve keeping Steven in line. You know, I know. don't let him, yeah. don't let him get too full of himself. Other than that, it's just, you know, let the snowball roll down the hill. You do. And I, I like when you let the snowball roll. And I like when you get going and then you ask, so what I, so what I've always wondered is, so you'll, you'll go off on your, you know, you'll get, you'll get up on your Pentecostal box and just let it fly, which I love. I love being encouraged Hallelujah. by, by Praise your podcast. Him. And then you finish this, you know, very encouraging sermon slash podcast speech. And they say, anybody else have any thoughts? And I, for what I'm like, I've, I don't know if anyone's ever been like, you know, Tony, I disagree with you on that. One, <laughs> because you're a bishop. And two, you're, you're their youth pastor. You've been their youth pastor. Now you're in charge of them in ministry. And so I wonder if there's just sometimes I've had some pushback. Like I'm listening and I think, oh, I've got some pushback for Tony. But there's never any pushback. And I wonder if that's just because they all like you so much or they just agree with you or they're scared of you. It, it makes me wonder. You know, maybe it's because they love me. Maybe it's because they're scared of me. Maybe it's because they're scared of how much they love me. (laughs) It's good to have acolytes and yes men. I think that's really how you know you're doing well in ministry. What are you really into? What have you been rocking out to this week? What's been uh, floating your nerdy boat, as it were? Oh... I always like this segment on your show because I live vicariously through all the college age people who actually have time to do stuff. I think <laughs> that'd be nice. That too would be nice. I would enjoy doing something like that. Uh, this week, I watched Iron Man. Yes. Because I was listening to your most recent episode, and Nick Sadler had a game where he played snippets of music from the MCU films, and you had to identify the song. The movie it was from, the title of the song, and the composer. If you did it all was three of those things. way harder than it yeah, should have been, that was. game. And so I, I enjoyed that game, and then it got me on a kick. So I found a, a playlist that had all the, like, it was a compilation of all the greatest MCU music. So I enjoyed that, which right. prompted a long textual conversation between you and me. Yeah. And so then I thought, oh, I love these movies. So I came home, and I watched Iron Man. And I thought, <laughs> I've got eight weeks seven and a half when you're listening to this until Avengers Endgame comes out. And I don't have time, but I'm going to try to squeeze in 21 movies in the next eight weeks. I will. Are fail you miserably. doing it again? I, I, I might, if I have time, if I can, we did it, it for infinity war, but my yeah, goodness, but we, we had, I feel like 18 weeks, six months. We did it. <laughs> we had a lot of time. We had, yeah, we had a 19. No, it was 18 weeks. Yeah. Because infinity war hadn't come out and neither had, Ant-Man. Ant-Man and the Wasp. And the Wasp. Yeah. So yeah, so I don't know, we'll see. The, it's crazy. all you you start really well with Iron Man and then the next one is Incredible Hulk and you're like, ah. Incredible Hulk was not bad. It's no. definitely better than the the Eric Bana oh, Hulk. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's good, but it's kind of when you're doing your beginning of the year reading plan, you're really excited because you get to the first parts of Genesis and some creation everything, and all the great stories. And then, and then it it's just, like it's Genesis a, chapter 6. Bunch what? of genealogy. Like what? What's this? I was there's excited. A, there's a pastor that I heard that that talked about that genealogy, and it was kind of in the context of the Bible hiding code within the Bible, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like Bible code stuff, but it was just look how God kind of reveals layers on layers within His message that the source of the word doesn't come from just the earth, and He went through and and kind of talked about the translations of the names mm-hmm. of each of those people that are listed in the geal- genealogy between Adam and Noah. 
And as he goes through and translates the names, uh, he says, Adam is man, and then the next one is Seth, and uh, Seth's name is appointed to because he replaced uh, Abel. And then it uh, it goes down the list, and basically, if you translate the names from the Hebrew origin to English, it basically says something like, man is appointed to sadness and death, but he will come down and his death will bring redemption. Hmm. It's like this crazy, like hidden secret, <laughs> mad fold-in message right there in the genealogy of Genesis six. So once I heard that, I thought maybe I ought not to take for granted all those. You know, I went back and looked at the book of Numbers in a whole new, fresh way. <laughs> like maybe there's something it's like in there's here. There's no code here. It is just a bunch of names. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, is, I got to look at got to look at Moses's math homework. Ancient Great. Israel roll call. Yeah. So 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 all that said, I watched Iron Man, enjoyed that. But other than that, I I spent a lot of time working and not doing anything very much fun. I have that we have bef- in our service. It's called a bumper video. It's mm-hmm. a little kind of preview. It's a video that runs before the sermon, and yeah. it's based on the sermon series. It's just it's a transitional tool, but it's nice and gets people excited a little bit. So I had in my head we have a new series starting next week, and I had in my head, ooh, I want to digitally animate like something, but I don't know how. Ooh. Right. And so that will be also a lot of my time is figuring out how to do digital animation. Squiggly lines. Squiggly lines. So yeah, so that that's what I'm I've been into. So nothing much. What have what have you been into? Tony? Um I don't Did you watch the Oscars? Uh no. I knew that they were on. I saw that <laughs> Into the Spider-Verse won. Yeah, well, Best well animated sir, picture, deserved. Which it was a great movie, but yeah, no. I when I was in high school I was super into all the movies and the Oscars because it was a yeah. drama and we all talked about them. But literally the only movies I see are Marvel movies and Star Wars movies. That's, That's all I see anymore. Yeah. And and Steven and Neff, they go see all these movies all the time. They have movie pass. They yeah. are also not married, have no children. Exactly. So they have an abundance yeah. of free time. Yeah. But uh, I don't know that I saw any non-Marvel or Star Wars movies in the past year. Was there a Star Wars movie? Yes, yeah, Solo. Solo. I don't think I've seen any of any non-Marvel movies in the theater in the past year. So, I would be hard pressed. Oh, I saw the Crimes of Grindelwald. Oh, my wife. My so wife. there you go. But yeah, that's, was that that's nominated for anything? Uh, no. Yeah, who Creepiest cares? Johnny Depp appearance. Creepiest. He's, he's very creepy looking in that movie. Creepier than when he was the big bad wolf in Into the Woods. I never saw Into the Woods. Yeah, I didn't care for it that much. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> That's why we don't see movies in the theater, because I don't care about uh, it that much. The, the theater is such a process, especially if it's not just you. If you go in and you bring in your wife, you want to, you know, I got a 16-year-old son, so we, we, three people going to the movies, buying popcorn, buying a cherry Coke, and it's like, well, there's 50 bucks I'll never see again. And it's just going to turn around and be on Blu-ray or, you know, Amazon Prime in three months. So what's, yeah, the, what's, what's the hurry? Why not just put that $50 towards a new hot toy? That's what I'm saying. I bought a um I bought an iPad Pro today. Oh, nice. Yeah, I really wanted one. I've been looking at it through the glass. Like Wayne Campbell I, I looking like at the Fender I like Stratocaster. Your, your first just face like, I really wanted one. Like that's great. Do it. Treat yourself. Treat yourself, man. Uh, I've wanted one for a long time and, uh, I've wanted to get back into drawing and doing art, doing some, you know, design like that. And uh, I've just wanted to do it. And I finally found a really great deal and I bought it and I got a good price on it and I feel good about it and I'll pay for it, uh, later on by selling some toys and that'll be fine. Oh, which toys are you going to sell? I don't know. I've got some hot toys in the closet that I'm not emotionally attached to anymore. So we'll see what eBay thinks about them. Are you? Have you done the Marie Kondo? And does this bring you joy? Does this spark joy? <laughs> Which of your hot toys sparks joy? No, I. I'll, every every toy I have sparks joy because every toy <laughs> has a story behind it. I'm as you say this. I'm looking around my room right now, going, "Oh, there's my Jeremy Bullock autographed Boba Fett figure. It brings me joy." You know, but whatever. That I'm, I'm easy. I'm easy to fill with joy. I have very low standards. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of what I've been really into playing some, some video games. I've, I've been doing a lot of tabletop games. My son and I played uh, a game called pandemic, which is not a new game, but Ugh. we really, really liked it. You don't like it? No. Cause you don't, you can't win. I mean, like you can't, you we, can, we did lose to it, be fair. So, so yeah. So yeah, everybody, every, either everybody wins or everybody loses. I'm, I'm too competitive to enjoy a cooperative game like that. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. We play that and we play ticket to ride with my wife and she ran a train all over us, dude. It was like, I had like 25 points. My son had 30. She circled the board with a hundred. I mean, she just ran us into the ground. It wasn't I even love fun. Ticket to ride. One time we were, 
it sort of defeats the purpose of playing a tabletop game. We all had it on our phones, and right. so we were all playing it on our phones together. So five of us are sitting there in our living room, all staring at our devices, playing Ticket to Ride. But it goes so much faster because you don't have to <laughs> put out all the trains. Yeah, just putting the trains out to set the game up exactly. took like 10 minutes. At least take I, a bathroom break. Alicia and I will sit on the couch with each other and we'll play Risk on our devices. And yeah. it just goes so much because you don't have to roll or like, what's a five? What's a 10? What's a one? It's just so much easier if it just does it for you. Yeah, we'll sit there and uh, we'll sit in bed at night and play Uno on our phones with my son, <laughs> and he'll be in his room, and we're just playing Uno together on our phones. I yeah, had stuff. Uno, I, I think it was on the Xbox 360, and you could play it on Xbox Live, yeah, and yeah. I must have played hours upon hours upon hours of Uno online, I love just it. playing Uno. It was great. I have so many versions of Uno too, because every time a new one, I'm like, of course I want Super Mario Uno. Of course I want <laughs> Family Guy Uno. Why wouldn't I want Super Mario, Family Guy, Legend of Zelda? I want all the Unos. I have Star Trek Uno. I think that's, that's a cool one. Uno. It is. I would I would get that. And then you have all the house rules of you can't play a draw four unless it's the only thing you can. Or you can, but you can call BS on people, and then they There's have one to draw like, four. If you match a zero, you have to hand your hand to the person on your right. What? Or double sevens. Like, there's all kinds of, oh, on the I've app, there's all kinds ones. of weird rules. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we try to just stick by the basic rules. Maybe of I'll break color. out some Uno on my phone. I've been looking yeah. for a new game. Dude, I'll play to... with you. Oh, that would be amazing. I'll add you as an Uno friend. Do you play what it was the, there's this app that works through text messages and boy, I wish I could remember what it was called. Uh, my son got me into it. It is called Game Pigeon. Have you ever used Game Pigeon? No, I've not. Game Pigeon has like Battleship and all kind like basically oh. every kind of those little games that you can play and, it's just and you texting? play them right through your text messages. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Pretty fun game, but um, I so so we've been really into tabletop games, and uh, then I went back and started watching because uh, you made me do this. <laughs> Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Oh, Deep Space Nine, so good. Yeah, and I'm in the first season when it's okay, not it's not so good. good. So I mean, it's it's okay. It's, yeah, I don't it's okay. think the the first season of Deep Space Nine is not as rough as the first season of Next Generation. I would agree with that. <laughs> first season of Next Generation. I, I think I, I share it was it was something about how was some advertisement from the first season, how its ratings kept going up. And I thought, how is that possible? This right. is horrible. Well, people were 30 years star for a Star yeah. Trek TV show, you know, so it was. Uh, but but Deep Space Nine was it, it's OK. Uh, yeah. There's been a couple of times I've nodded off. The pacing is a little slow. I'm not I like cisco because i know where cisco ends up yeah as a character but i just don't i have a hard time taking him seriously right now and uh boy i it just all this reminds me is i, I don't think i've ever loved chief o'brien just don't think i've ever cared for him i was listening to a podcast random track in it was an old episode but the, he talked about random episodes and so the guest on there just said he cannot stand miles o'brien he just doesn't like him at all and i've I thought, oh, I've never, I've always liked Miles O'Brien. I find him to be rather inoffensive. That, but, but that's him. He's inoffensive. He's nothing. He's 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 the brown bits in the L Lucky Charms bowl. He's just, <laughs> he's nothing. He's just bland filler. He always seems like he has a borderline anger issue. Like it's just always like, does he hit you, Keiko? It's always like a little, <laughs> a little borderline. Like he's about to lose it. But uh, I'm not a not an O'Brien fan. I so. like O'Brien, but I think the thing. I think I idealized Deep Space Nine because once you get through the first two seasons and Cisco gets a beard and then he shaves his head. Shaves his then, head. That's good, and Cisco. Then, and then Worf shows up and they start the really long arcs. I mean, yeah. that's when it just it takes off. Yeah. So yeah. it takes a little while to get there, but once it yeah, gets so there, it's really good. And I didn't remember these early episodes because I haven't watched them since they were new. So you're going back, I mean, 25, 26 years. Yeah. A long time ago, man. I know. So young. We we were at one point. Now we are yeah. not. But I want to go back and watch Deep Space Nine. But I've been watching Next Generation as I just want to. So I mean, I'm in the second season. No, I'm in the third season now. They have the better uniforms. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, and we lost and, and we got Crusher back in the second, third season, right? Yeah, we did. That's what's up. Good yeah. Crusher. Yes. Well, let us know what you've been really into out there listening in Christian Nerd of God Squad land. Uh, you can do that by connecting with us across all the social medias, uh, Nerd of Godcast or uh, 
the uh, Christian underscore nerd. Christian underscore nerd. I'll get that right eventually. That's yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. Let's or go. You've really been. That's that's the best one. One of the things that we have been into co- uh, collectively this week is part of our uh, next bit, which is the classic comic conversation of the week here. Classic Comic Conversation. So this week on Classic Comic Conversation, Scott Higa brought to the table Captain Marvel. Because Captain Marvel comes out this week. You got your tickets, I'm sure. Yes. So so I got my tickets, but I'm usually, because we have a bunch of people that always go see these movies together and so i right. buy all of our tickets we go to, we go to the movie theater that's five minutes from my house but a half hour from everybody else's house i don't okay. know why i guess i'm charismatic so they all <laughs> they'll drive out here so i'm usually right on top of when tickets go on sale i get them but right. i totally missed when captain marvel tickets went on sale so i missed really? it by a half hour i was giving claire a bath <sighs> and i didn't even i think so Thus they, begins a lifetime of resentment against so your daughter. Tickets went on sale at 4.30, and I, I had a notification email set up from Fandango, and I left my office at 4.25. So oh. I already shut down my computer. I didn't see my email. Get home, you know, dinner, get ready, get Clara bath, get out, open Twitter for the first time in a couple hours. Tickets are on sale. I'm like, no! So I, I raced and was able to get the appropriate number of tickets in a good row because hmm. – do you remember? I don't know. Do you go to theater with reserved seating? Because I only go to yeah, theaters I with reserved seating. I remember when The Force Awakens came out, and we there wasn't reserved seating yet at the theater near us. No, this was in Rancho. There wasn't reserved seating there, so I bought my tickets ahead of time, and then took a half day at work and sat outside in the middle of December. Oh yeah, from one o'clock to seven o'clock. Hmm. Those days were horrible. This is way when better. When Star Wars Episode One came out, we went and saw it at the theater at Disney, at Downtown Disney, the AMC theater there. And I had a friend. She waited for us in line from 8 o'clock that morning for a midnight show. And she was not the first one in line. She was yeah. about 30 people back. I know. It was crazy. For- Star Wars Episode One, but yeah, I'll never go see a movie that I can't no. reserve my seat yeah. ahead of time. That is the greatest advancement to movie consuming technology since the butter machine for the popcorn. <laughs> then I just stick my head underneath and I just drink all that delicious <laughs> butter. It's I'm okay. exfoliating. It, 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 it's it good lubric- for your skin. It lubricates the arteries. It's okay. <laughs> it lubricates. It puts the butter on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Anyway, so I'm very excited about Captain Marvel. So we thought, since Captain Marvel's coming out, let's look at some actual Captain Marvel comics. And so we did that. Yeah, you directed us to Captain Marvel, the 2012 kind of refresh of Captain Marvel. Yep, it was the Uh, first time she changed her costume to her current one from her one that probably wouldn't work well on film. And I don't know if there would be many actresses. It would, it would, would work want... well in certain films. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. So this this costume's much better. I doubt Brie Larson would have agreed to the other costume. So this is very great and very wonderful. And so yeah, so it's all about Carol Danvers changing her costume. And then in that first issue, it's really Captain America saying, "Hey, like it's time. Like you you should be Captain Marvel." You've earned this. You've earned it. And that's a really great transitional moment because the the, the, the issue opens up in the middle of a big battle scene yeah. with her and Cap kind of back-to-back fighting. It really legitimizes her as a hero. Not to say that she needs Captain America, but for those that were unfamiliar that are kind of coming on board with her storyline for the first time, you realize she is a heavy hitter yeah. in the Marvel Universe. Uh, th- this is not just some, you know, oh, sweet, you know, another girl hero, another Spider-Woman. Yeah. or It's not whatever. Jubilee. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody Dazzler. is. Pew, Nobody is. Pew, 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 pew. But she's a beast, and she knows it. She knows that she can do business. Yeah. And it's so refreshing to see a character who's confident in what she's all about. She knows that she can wreck shop. Yeah. And, and so what I like about that, what I've always liked about Carol Danvers, even going back to 
the Miss Marvel run, I think from 2008, is that <laughs> she has like it's a mix. Like she's confident, but she doesn't feel worthy of taking on the Captain Marvel mantle. She right. has all this power, but she wonders why have I settled to be a B or a C list hero, you know? And so there's yeah. this great mix of her character, which is why I like her character so much, is because there's so much depth to it. It's not, you know, like Scott Summers got some depth later on, but he was basically just a boy scout. <laughs> you know, that's why yeah. Wolverine was so much more interesting than Cyclops ever was. And so I love that. Yeah, because about... he's the he's the the straight lace. He's the Leonardo character. Yeah, he's exactly. the guy up front that doesn't really need any character traits. Yeah. So I, I've always loved that about Captain Marvel. So yeah. So yeah. And now in this storyline, they go straight into some really cool kind of conceptual adventure here. This yeah. isn't just let's fight the monster of the week. Mm-hmm. She gets sucked into like this quantum leap type time travel story. I know to put right the wrongs that, or put wrong the rights. I don't remember. To put do you right remember when they had the evil leaper? I do remember the evil leaper. That was and... when that show jumped the shark. No, nah, it was great. And there, <laughs> <laughs> I was twelve. Leave me alone. I loved bad TV. Oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> but putting wrong the right or putting right putting wrong. What well, once rights. went wrong? Yeah. But the evil leaper was putting the rights wrong. I love that. That's it. right. Oh, so good. It's like bizarro leaper. And evil Ziggy. And then yeah. when Al showed up and like, what? Why are there two Al's? And it was like, oh, that's evil Al. He's got a goatee. You can tell. <laughs> Wait. No, thinking, thinking of the different thing. The darkest timeline. So uh, really cool story. She ends up back in, in this sort of World War II adventure, yeah. fighting with this team of like heroin fighter pilots, you know, and 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 they're against Cree technology and uh, just a, a really amazing story that kind of follows her through time. As it turns out, all these these time leaping expeditions are uh, connected and come together. And it's all sort of this machination that brings her to this realization that everything she is is intentional. And uh, a really cool storyline, a really empowering storyline, and um, a, a lot of fun to read. Yeah, and it's I like that it attaches it. One of the characters is Helen Cobb, who's kind of an aviation mother figure to Carol, somebody she's look, looked right. up to, a role model. And so I think bringing in that character from her past is a great way to kind of show what Carol is striving for, because in you know whatever this is the 2000s whenever this comic's out like oh yeah ladies can be pilots ladies can do whatever and so there's not that much in the 60s that was a huge deal to have carol danvers be an air force pilot but reading this in 2012 like oh yeah i've i've had lady pilots they don't crash planes they're great we 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 get it uh so but they're putting on their lipstick during takeoff come on what's the deal with these lady pilots putting on their lipstick um what's the deal with these male pilots drinking in the bar Ah. so kind of bringing in that so showing kind of helen's struggles and equating those with carol's struggles i think to sort of gain acceptance and and gain a foothold i think was really really cool and then things turn sideways when helen wants to get the captain marvel captain marvel's powers Yeah, it's uh, it was a really interesting twist, and it was but but there was a really a nice resolution that was very uh very it had a Back to the Future type feel to it. Yeah, like we've worked this whole thing out. It this kind of caused this, which caused this, and uh, uh, a smart and easily um, taken for granted. Time travel stories are hard to do right, yeah. and this was a really great story. But I think it was great because the character shown through. Yeah, and I think that's what I think that's what people will be drawn to with. Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, is the character. I hope Brie Larson does a good job of kind of capturing. I mean, she's an Academy Award winning actress, so she probably has the skills. I, like, I just hope the script, ha- like, I just hope everything comes together because I'll be very disappointed if I'm disappointed, you know? That I don't, yeah. I don't think, I, I think we talked about it last time. I've never been <clears throat> as excited. There's never been a hero I've loved as much to enter into the MCU. Right. Right. So and I get that. And I think yeah. that when the stakes are higher for you personally and something goes wrong, it hurts all yeah. that much more. Uh, I feel it's the same reason I feel bad for Neff from the Nerd of Godcast so much because he loves DC so much. And every time a new DC movie comes out, he puts so much hope into it. And then invariably he's let down well, like we all he, are. Did he really like Green Lantern before the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern? Because that would have been 
I mean, I might have broken up with DC if they'd done that to me. <laughs> I think he was a little young when the Ryan Reynolds one came out, but he okay. still liked it. I mean, I think you can acknowledge that it wasn't that great, but he loves those DC movies and they just don't come out the way they, that you want them to be. And I think if that's where, you, if that's the basket your eggs are in, it hurts when something like that comes out and then it falls short. You don't want to see if you're a huge Fantastic Four fan, <laughs> the Fan Four Stick movie come out and go, oh, that was a dumpster fire. What in the world? are they doing with my favorites here yeah because none of the to this point none of the characters in the mcu are heroes in which i've invested like actual comic book time right i didn't didn't like captain america before the mcu now i love captain america because chris evans is spectacular it's just great depiction i'd never read an iron man comic i've never read i'd never read a thor comic i'd never read a scott lang like i'd never so my first real experience with these characters, other than being a nerd and seeing them in crossovers, was, oh, hey, it's the MCU version. But well, now, that's how Marvel got away with those characters, because they had the nope, ones that none yeah, of the other studios wanted that, to buy. Yeah. But now, now it's like, I know Carol Danvers' backstory. I've been a huge fan of hers for many, many years. And so it's just like, please don't screw this up, Marvel. Marvel, not Marvel. I don't think they will, because I think the best thing about Marvel is they know their characters better than anybody else. They find their, I think, core essence, and they find actors and directors and writers who can capture those essences. So we'll see. We'll find Fingers out this crossed. week. <laughs> we will find out this week. And uh, speaking of finding out this week, I heard – I don't know if I'm spoiling anything here, but I heard that you are going to have some kind of a Captain Marvel review and that you may be poaching my bench. Yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm going deep to your bench. I shared last week that we're going to have a special guest. So, so Jackie is going to come on my show so you'll be listening to this on monday jackie's gonna come on a week from today so on thursday or on friday's show i'll give a very brief did i like it or didn't i i'll mostly just be squealing into the microphone for 10 minutes <laughs> review I'll, I'll watch the movie i'll come home i'll record a short short review i'll add it into the show and that'll be on friday show but then on monday jackie will be joining me to have a much fuller conversation because i didn't ask her permission because she's an adult she can do what she wants but <laughs> Also, I figured it's it's kind of momentous for Marvel to have their first female-led hero movie, and sure. I wanted someone who is a lady to come and have that conversation with me, and I don't know that many lady nerds out here, so I like Jackie. <laughs> Meanwhile, Scarlett Johansson sits and waits. I th- they're, they're talking about it. I yeah, think they're talking gonna happen. about it. Yeah, they're talking there's, about it. I think there's smoke there. There, I mean, Disney has to come out and say the Black Widow movie was never going to be rated R. So I think you know that's a good sign that they're actually thinking about it or writing on it or working on it. We'll see what happens. Well, uh, if you read Captain Marvel along with us, let us know what you thought about it. Next time, uh, I'm putting on the table that we read the 2015 Star Wars comic, issues one through six. The uh, Skywalker saga begins in comic form. And this year, actually canonical. So uh, Disney says this belongs in the universe. It counts. So uh, read along with us, Star Wars one through six, next time on Classic Comic Conversation. We'll give you a heads up when that's coming. So yeah, we'll let you know to read that. But I, but I've, I've read those. I actually own those in paper. And like, oh, you did read. I them. own those. I own. I like the physical copies of those. I own. Me too. I think one through six. So I do as well. Sorry, iPad. Yep. You're we'll gonna read on. on your iPad Pro anyway, just because you have it. Heck yeah, I am How's, on that twelve point nine. Are they awesome? Well, I have. I don't have it yet. I just oh, clicked right. purchase. Ah, uh, balls. A Dang few it. hours ago. Okay. So I'll let you know. It'll be here this weekend. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm excited about it. So so. We talk about these movies, and we have the highest ambitions. I won't even speak about Captain Marvel potentially failing because it'll it'll send you into catatonics. But a bigger risk for Marvel. Could you imagine what a spectacular misfire it would be if after all of these movies, if after all of this buildup and hype, if Endgame came out and just straight up sucked? I just I, – I can't imagine. I – you know, I remember we were talking about it last time. Like, we're like, what if Infinity War isn't good? And we're like, it, there's no way. They they know what they're building up to. They know what they were building up to. I know, but you just never know. I mean, we love Marvel and we love Disney and we have a lot of confidence in them. We think they're going to do right by us. But remember, Disney's the studio that also brought us movies like Home on the Range and Brother Bear and Hunchback of Notre Dame 2. They gave us Cars <laughs> too. You know, they've given us yeah. so many things that, that, that fell a little bit short. And with the stakes never as high as they are right now, if they came out 
with Endgame, and it was just a steaming turd. How do you, like I feel like it was taint... talking about poop. That's pretty good. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> I feel like it would it would taint the entire MCU all the way back to Iron Man. Like you can't detangle that somehow that it's built to this point. Like we have to ignore it. It's it's like the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. One was great. Two was okay. Three was Richard Pryor, and the fourth one was steaming garbage. So like. How do you kind of untangle backwards like, oh, yeah, redeem the franchise? You can't. If Endgame is awful, it ruins the whole thing. Yeah, it won't be. I have <laughs> I have, I just I think they raised the stakes with Infinity War. They knew what they were doing. And then they raised them again with the end of Infinity War. Like, well, we really, really have to come through. I think if they finish phase three on a high note, if Endgame comes out or is it's far from home part of phase three, whatever. If, if, if end game's good, then I think, all right, boom, we've done this. If phase four is horrible, it's okay because we did this really well. We ended. I would hope really so. Well. I would hope so. But if they misstep, it costs more if end game is bad than it does. If far from home is bad or yeah. if captain Marvel is bad. End game has a lot more wrapped up in it. Well, it's going to be three it, hours. So they better, it better be good. I'm just saying. Also, it better I've, be good. I've committed to not having any water that day because there's no way. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to this dehydrated. Bring it on. Scott, did you get well, to go to the bathroom? No, but I passed out because I haven't had any water for a week. It was great. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the idea of the potential of failure and something messing us up or derailing us a little bit tonight because the, the thought of something with that much at stake risking it and and hopefully winning. I don't want to see them fail. I'm not the internet. I don't just arbitrarily hate on things. But I, if they do go wrong, oh my goodness. If Justice League fails, nobody cares because they didn't have much tied up into it. But if this one goes wrong, the whole train derails. It's a bad deal. My wife was in a marathon uh, this week. Nice. She went and yeah, yeah. She went and did the uh, the Disney Princess Challenge. Uh, Saturday she did a 10k, and then Sunday she did the half marathon. Awesome. Yeah, which great for her. She can run. I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't even try. But she went and did. Um, it was the the, the, the I guess what 13.1 miles. Is that a half marathon? That's it what all the right. stickers I see around That's shaming me. <laughs> <laughs> You're a runner though, aren't you? Not not 13.1. Uh, when I first listened I'm like to one point, your, I'm like 1.31. 1. Uh, when I first started listening, to, like, I run pi. I'm 3.14. <laughs> I, I remember you talking about going out and running a lot. So I think I've just kind of concreted that in my no, mind. But, I do, but not this week. That's what I was saying. So say. she's doing this, the, the 13.1, and uh, about a mile into it, she hits an awkward part of the ground and oh. rolls her ankle like bad. Oh. Yeah, really bad. So, uh, I mean, chumps up her knee, the whole deal. I mean, it's just blood and and swelling. and uh, But she's in this thing, and she wants that medal. So yeah. like the Terminator that she is, she gets up and keeps running. Wow. No, no medical attention, no wrapping, no injection of painkillers, whatever one might do. She just gets nice. back on the path Gina, and keeps running. Hardcore. She is hardcore and she'd ran on it for about 10 miles and then she just couldn't, she couldn't do it anymore. They lapped her and they pulled her off. So she didn't actually get to finish, but she ran for 10 miles on a bad wheel. She tried, she gave it more (laughs) than any human could ever expect to be asked of her. And yet she still failed. And I think about those times in our life when at, at great risk, or at great cost, we have invested so much into something, and yet we've still come up short. Have you ever experienced failure in your life? What's been your your role with that? Yeah, I've I've failed plenty. I'm trying to think of something that particular. Oh, I failed. I I literally actually failed Pentateuch in seminary. So <laughs> oh. I went to seminary to earn my Master of Divinity, which is a theological degree used for practical things like being a pastor. And my first online class I ever took, I think it was my second year of seminary. I've never taken an online class before. And I took the Pentateuch online. Pentateuch is the first five books of the Bible, for those who don't know. And it's on my yeah. class. And I thought, like, I, f- I fell behind, like, in turning in coursework. And it's just online, so I didn't know how an online class worked. And so then I... I 
I thought I could catch up and turn in my work late, and I couldn't. So I failed. So I wasted, ah. I don't know, probably about fifteen hundred dollars. That that was a big, a big failure. That was a great one. Yeah, um, that sucks. Yeah, another time I failed. This one's probably a little more practical in terms of ministry. When I was, I don't know, twenty. You know, when you're 20 doing ministry, you think you know everything. You think you're better than everybody else. Oh, yeah. And so I was getting ready to teach our junior high class for the first time in a long time. And previously, our youth pastor, Kevin, had been teaching. And Kevin's a great guy. He would say that teaching's not his best gift. And I thought, oh, my, the students are going to love it because I'm so much younger and cooler and hipper than Kevin is. Like, they're just going to eat up. Like, this is going to be the greatest (laughs) message they've ever heard. And so I got up there with that very prideful mindset and I bombed. I mean, I kept looking at the <laughs> clock, and it was it was like the cartoons where the clock was going backwards. It was the longest, sweatiest, most uncomfortable 15 minutes of my life. That's great. So that was pretty bad as well. And I think failure is part of that growth process, yeah. right? I mean, I go, everybody goes through it. I mean, I remember failing my driver's test and being so mad because I told all my friends at school – I'm going to get my driver's license this afternoon. And then I had to show up the next day with no driver's license because I didn't pull in between the lines when I was making a left turn Mm. and it was an automatic fail. If he would have told me what I needed to do and that that would have made me fail, I would have not done it. But I didn't know (laughs) this invisible arbitrary guideline that his clipboard held from me. (laughs) And because I failed to meet his, you know, strange demands, I, uh, I ended up getting – I had to get in the car, failed the test. I was mad because I was embarrassed because I think when you are when you fail, it's not even that you fail. It's that you're seen as a failure. Yeah, especially I think in the things that matter most is is when it really shows. So, I mean, I've – like I haven't failed in my marriage. I've – you know, we're still married and we love each other. And, Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, good job, you guys. Uh, but, you know, those moments where I I think I fail Alicia as a husband where – I mean, we haven't gotten in many fights. But when we do, it's usually because I did something and I just feel <laughs> awfully because I've, I've failed her. And I haven't, I haven't yet failed Claire as a father. But I'm sure that moment will come where – I drop the ball and I'm not everything that she needs to be. And I think that's when we really feel those failures. Yeah, I failed Pentateuch. It cost me $1,500, but I've moved on and and life's okay, you know? But I think those moments, I still just, you know, bristle at the moments where I I failed Alicia as a husband, where I say something hurtful because it just pops into my head and I'm so smart and I'm so witty and I can't catch that stupid thing before it comes out of my mouth. <laughs> you know, I love, I love what people can't see, but uh, when you said bristle, like your shoulders just drew yeah. up into your neck and, uh, and that's the way, like there's still moments where I failed in my life, like from 30 years ago that come back into my mind and I'm just like sick to my stomach. Oh, that was awful. I'm so embarrassed by that. And I don't know if it's because I think there's this perception that goes along with failure of um, I needed to be better than I actually am. It kind of plays off of not just I didn't do the thing, but maybe I can't do the thing or I'm not Mm. good enough. I'll give you an example. I watched the animated movie, the Batman, the killing joke. Have you, you seen it or have you read it? No, no. You neither? No. Okay. Um, well, in the I'm killing like the show, anti DC guy. I've I've got zero knowledge about DC. That isn't Batman the animated series. Okay. Well, I'll sum up for you. It's Please do. the closest thing. It's it's an R-rated Batman the animated series. It's got all the same voice talent and whatnot. But uh, oh, right. the short version of it is this. It's kind of the backstory of the Joker or an imaginary version of the backstory of the Joker, his secret origin. And as it kind of tells the current story and that story, his setup is that – All it takes is one little push to make even the most sane person insane. He wants to prove that nobody's any better than he is. So he goes and um, basically shoots Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, through the spine, uh, cripples her, strips her down naked, uh, takes photographs of her, kidnaps her father. Commissioner Gordon strips him naked, puts him through this awful mind bending amusement park ride where he's subjected to images of his daughter. Uh, I mean, it's just an awful. I mean, Alan Moore wrote it, so oh, okay. you know it's it's Real fun. Fair. <laughs> yeah, 
And uh, I mean, it's a really dark story. Now, now imagine that you're Batman or imagine Batman from what you know of him. What is Batman's reaction to this? His best friend, Commissioner Gordon, has been kidnapped and subjected to this. His his youthful protege, Batgirl, who in the animated version is not only his protege, but also his lover. That's weird. Um, has been attacked and crippled. I mean, paralyzed in a wheelchair by the Joker. What do you think Batman's move is now? He'd freak out. Absolutely. And I'm going to kill him. I mean, he's like, that's going to be what pushes Batman yeah. to the, to the line. Well, the, 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 the book ends with Batman and Joker sharing a joke and having a good laugh with each other. It's, and I don't want to put too simple a point on it, but it's a strange, that's kind of not what Batman would do. And I, I, I flip that over and I think of the death of Robin, even the one that they show in the Batman versus Superman movie. He's got the the costume uh-huh. on display in the Batcave. It's obviously a source of angst for him. It's probably the reason why he quit being Batman, right? Uh, in the comic books, when when Robin died, I mean, Batman was going to go kill the Joker. He was going to go beat him to death, and Superman ended up having to stop him. It was a it was a whole, whole big thing. But I think one of the reasons that Batman hated so much that he lost. Robin was because he feel like he failed Robin of all the people mm-hmm. that he wants to protect. It's the kid that's the closest to him. He failed to protect him. And, and that caused him to almost compromise the very identity of who he was because it's an outpouring of, I should have been better. I was imperfect. And I think that in our own lives, the reason that that's so relatable and believable is because when we fail, we take it so personally, like it's a reflection of our value or it's a reflection of our, our merit um, and, and biblically think about Peter, he betrayed Jesus. And how awkward do you think that interaction was? Well, I, I, I like you he's read all the different accounts, you know, Mark's says, you know, it gives blah, blah, it happened. All right, great. You know, Mark's just keep it going, <laughs> keep it going. Luke is the one, you know, he's the doctor, all the details. And then it's like, and when Peter denied Jesus the third time, Jesus caught Peter's eyes like, no, yep. <laughs> Like, talk about twist. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, we read that, and I've read that story a lot. I've taught on that story. You've taught on that story. We, you know, we're steeped in all these stories of the Bible, so they sometimes can lose their, you know, their, the 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 punch of them, the potency, perhaps. the potency. There we go. But when you know, what I always think about that story is like, oh man, poor Peter, or like, or not poor, like, how could Peter do that? How could Peter do that? I'm like, well. Every time I sin, I basically do the same thing. I can relate to Peter. I I am constantly, not constantly, maybe less so than I used to. But, you know, and I I think that's where, in terms of our lives with God, it's just how often have I failed God? Plenty. I mean, I probably failed him a couple times today already. I mean, just during this show, at least (laughs) once or twice. (laughs) I've failed God constantly over and over again. And yet he never fails us. Like he right. never, he never lets us down. He is always there no matter what. And so I think that's like, I don't, like, I don't know how people without faith experience failure because right. even in my deepest failures, I mean, you know, when I fail Claire, when I fail Alicia, like they'll, they'll forgive me. And mm-hmm. I I may have a hard time forgiving myself, but I know that God will always forgive me that right. I, there's nothing I can do. There's no failure so great that is that removes me from God's love, that makes yeah. me incapable of receiving God's love. And and so for people who've had tremendous failure, you know, think about people who've their actions have resulted in somebody dying or, you know, sure. something to that extreme. How do you like I bristle when I think about saying something to me to my wife? Like, how do you carry that kind of burden without grace and freedom and yeah. hope that comes through the fact that hey like even and that and it's more than just grace and freedom and hope in the midst of our failures it's the idea that god will bring something out of our failures that yeah. he doesn't he doesn't cause our failures they're the result of us living in a fallen world but god will cause something to grow out of our failures to say hey you failed but i'm so much bigger than your failures look at this thing that i've done now, I didn't cause your failure. I didn't make you fail, but I saw it, and I said, you know what? I'm going to redeem that because hmm. that's how great I am. So 
Ooh. It's like God. God's God of excellence. He's not. God's like straight A's, straight A's, straight A's. You maybe get them F's, but I'm gonna give you straight A's because I'm God and you're not. And so you're gonna get that F, but I'm gonna make it an A plus because I'm a God of A pluses. Man, that'll preach right there. That'll preach, son. Preach it. And I think that's what Peter experiences because oh, that awkward moment of I didn't think I was gonna see Jesus again and. <laughs> Here he is, and boy, I hope he doesn't bring that up. What he <laughs> no, did. So, like, I don't think I'm going to see Jesus in this moment that I'm denying him. Yeah. That's horrible. Like, I'm There's... surprised he didn't go out and hang himself like Judas. Yeah. And that's the real, I mean, that's the real, the real crux there is whether we let our failure drive us to repentance or drive us to the rope. To I mean, I know that that's, that's kind of your that options there, That is a different there, kind right? of R&R. <laughs> that's all I'm saying, you know. But But Peter did it the right way, and you're exactly right. Uh, out of that failure, not only comes redemption for Peter, but comes encouragement for you and me when we fall short. Oh, absolutely. I don't know. Because even because Peter, well, he didn't go to the rope. He did go back to his old life. And sure. so I think that, that that's the tendency that when we fail, when we mess up, we just kind of go back to whatever was easy. Taking our ball and going home. Exactly. Like if we tried to do something great for God's kingdom and we failed— God's invitation is like, hey, let's try it. Let's try it again. Let's like, maybe you didn't do anything wrong, but let's just keep trying again. But, and then God says, let's keep trying. And we're like, ah, I don't know. I don't like, I don't want to put in the effort. I, I don't like, we're scared of failure. We're scared to fail. Like, I don't want to fail again. Or I don't like, I've, I know what it, I know what it's like to, to start a website or a podcast and I don't make any money off of it. But then right. like, ah, maybe we should stop it. But then we get messages from people like, hey, thank you so much for what you do. It encourages me. Like, okay. Like, I've, I mean, I've failed in becoming a famous podcaster slash blogger, but <laughs> neither of us have failed Tony encouraging people that we've never met. That's true. And God's been gracious in using us to do that. One of my favorite stories I heard during a presidential address when I was in middle school, it was the first George Bush, and he was talking about a little kid out on the beach picking up uh, starfish that had kind of washed up during low tide. And uh, the little kid was picking up a starfish and kind of putting it back in the water, and he'd go pick up the next one. But the beach was covered from end to end and just thousands and thousands of starfish. And the old man walks up to the kid and said, what are you doing? You know, they look at, look at all these, you're not going to make a difference here. And the little kid picks up and says, it makes a difference to this one. And he, he puts it back in the water. And I think that sometimes we can see our failure in the scope of what we don't accomplish or what we haven't yeah. done, but we don't see it in the accomplishment of what can God do with this? In my weakness, how can he be yeah. stronger? How can he be glorified? In my repentance, how can he get the glory from that? And I think that's a thing that we see in the Bible again and again. David is a man after God's own heart, and he goes and screws around. And you got Moses over here, and he has this anger issue. And uh, it just go through, you know, Elijah has, uh, you know, pouty problems, and he lives in fear. And it just, you know, one after the next, after the next, and God uses imperfect failures. It's almost like he goes out of his way to pick the people that are prone to fail, to say, let me use them to show you how good I am. Well, I think it's it's we, it's we people who failed who recognize that they're not invincible, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I was a 20-year-old, you know, I'm going to give the best sermon these junior hires have ever, ever heard. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I hadn't failed yet. And I failed in that moment. And since then, I have properly understood my position in the pulpit. It has <laughs> zero to do with me and everything to do with God. And so if I'm not humble in those moments that God gives me to speak his word, then God isn't going to show up. And, and so I think failure allows us to be humble. And, you know, we see people who refuse to acknowledge their failures, people who refuse to acknowledge their weaknesses. And we don't want to be around those people because those people don't understand grace. Those people don't understand what it's like to humble ourselves and, and help somebody else. But if I understand my own failures, my own sin, my own temptations, my own struggles, the times that I've been a jerk to my wife or my daughter, if I understand those things, I'm a lot more gracious when somebody says, oh, man. Like, I said something to my wife I shouldn't. I'm not like, right. what's your deal? I was like, yeah, hey, man, me too. But God will God will redeem will redeem that failure because that's the business that God's in. Um, that's right. And I, that, that was the problem that the Pharisees had. Like, they refused to acknowledge their own issues. They just thought they were amazing. And Jesus like, well, I, I can't do anything with this. Right. It's like C.S. Lewis says, you know, like pride's kind of the root sin of everything. If if we don't, mm -hmm. if if we can't acknowledge our failures, if we don't recognize our need to be redeemed, then God ain't going to do anything with that. 
Yeah, well, he can't work with it. Can't work with it. Proverbs twenty four sixteen says the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. And I, I think it's a posturing thing. I, I want to make sure that my heart and my mindset is in the right place so that when I hit the bricks, when I take a fall, I can get back up again. Or thankfully, I have the people around me, good, godly, encouraging people who who have their eyes on on the Lord and, and you know their hand in my hand that can help me get back up along the way. That's why it's so good for us to be part of fellowship and part of a body of believers and to be held accountable. Because if I fall, I, I might need help getting it back up. I might need help kind of figuring out which way is up. And um, I, I want to be able to be that for somebody, but I also need someone to be that for me. So, um, you know, just that's that's kind of my encouragement today is, yes, failure is a part of life, but it doesn't have to be the defining part. It doesn't have to be the thing that keeps us down. Um, it's not about how hard you can Hit, it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, as Rocky Balboa said, right? Yeah. Or, as I'm sure we'll see in Captain Marvel, because that's a big piece of her story. Like, she keeps falling down, and she just keeps getting right back up. Full, Full circle. circle. Back to Carol Danvers. We had some Bible study planned, Tony. We just had a Bible study. I think so, we did, man. I, I think that we have checked that off the box successfully. We We've crossed the one-hour mark, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. And by golly... I know man doesn't live by bread alone, but by the very word of God. But it's dinner time out here on the East Coast. Well, I would want. I, it's yeah. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to get between you and your dinner, Tony. Please. You say you say you can't run, but I think maybe you got some movements when you're trying to get to that table. <laughs> when they ring that dinner bell, I come running. <laughs> What's for dinner tonight in the Talavera household? I, I don't know. Can I you don't smell my, it. I, no, I can't. I'm, it's going to be me going out and probably picking it up because of my wife's injury. She's kind oh. of on a. Uh, on lay low duty so i'm um, least maria is coming over tonight to watch the last episode of the masked singer and i'm probably gonna go get some chinese takeout or something so remember when i spoiled an episode of that for you yeah that was awesome i know i'm sorry i shared with my sister she's like how could you do that I'm like i didn't know i didn't know that was how the show worked so i'm sorry well, that's all our time we have for today. If you want to find out more about all the cool things that we do when we're not hanging out together, you can check us out online at www.nerdofgodcast.com or visit Scott at thechristiannerd.com. You can I don't follow do anything cool when I'm not hanging out with you, Tony. That's a misnomer. <laughs> me neither. This they is, just put me back coolest, in the icebox. This is the coolest thing I do with my time is talk <laughs> I, about nerdy stuff with a 40-year-old. <laughs> Why is that relevant? Why because the... you're older than I am. Yeah, but <laughs> whatever. I'm taller than you are and probably better looking, you... too. Oh, so hey, come on. Look at those eyes. You can't even see my eyes. They're perfect. But, yeah, oh, yeah, they because, are. Because you're Asian. Because I'm Asian. <laughs> Scott, where they can where can they follow you on the socials? Follow man? me on the social media at Scott Higa on Twitter at Christian underscore nerd. That's the best place. Where can people follow you on Twitter, Tony? By golly, they can hit me up at it's me, Tony T, or at Nerd of Godcast on the Twitter machine. I guess that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, Scott, for letting me hang out with you once again. It is my pleasure. Thank you for captaining this ship. I just got and, to sit here and just cruise along. And speaking of Captain, next time we talk to each other, we will have seen Captain Marvel. Yes. I know that no one appreciates it as much as you. And if that movie is awesome, it will be a feather in your cap that I will be proud to watch you place. Right there. That's all of our time. Goodbye, Scott. Goodbye, Tony. Goodbye, Internet. Wonderful. I got to do the goodbye internet today. That's great. Yay.